Planning for the future is even more important after a diagnosis of dementia. Having lasting power of attorney for health and welfare allows the attorney to make decisions on your behalf if there comes a time when you are unable to make these decisions for yourself. Hello, I'm Hannah, and in this edition of the podcast, I speak to Helpline Advisor Vicky about lasting power of attorney for health and welfare. She'll also be giving her thoughts on the comments from the Your Answers section of Living with Dementia magazine from February, March 2016. What is lasting power of attorney for health and welfare? Lasting power of attorney, which is shortened to LPA, is a legal document that allows an individual to choose a person they trust to make decisions for them if there was a time in the future when they cannot. And there are two types of LPA, one for health and welfare decisions and the other for decisions about the person's property and finances. Who can make an LPA? To make an LPA, you must be over the age of 18, have the capacity to make this decision. And so this means that you are deciding for yourself that you wish to make an LPA and you understand what it means. When making an LPA, you are referred to as the donor. What happens when someone has set up an EPA or enduring power of attorney already? Okay, so LPAs are part of the Mental Capacity Act 2005 and only came into force in October 2007. Before this, people created EPAs, and these only covered managing a person's finances and property. All EPAs made before October 2007 are still valid and can still be registered. LPAs are only valid in England and Wales, and there is a different system in Northern Ireland, and they're called the Enduring Power of Attorney. What is the difference between an LPA for health and welfare and an LPA for personal welfare? The LPA for Health and Welfare is also referred to as LPA for Personal Welfare. Um, the two are exactly the same. The reason for this confusion is because the Mental Capacity Act, MCA, and the MCA Code of Practice both refer to this type of LPA as Personal Welfare, whereas the Office of the Public Guardian LPA form calls it LPA for Health and Welfare. It's important to note that whatever people refer to them as, they are the same thing. What is the role of the attorney? An attorney is the person appointed by an individual who's making an LPA, the donor, to make specific decisions for them regarding their health and welfare. The attorney can make decisions relating to the person's care and treatment, and this covers a wide range of decisions. When making decisions, the attorney is acting as though they are the person and so is able to make the decisions as a donor themselves would have made. Who can be an attorney? You can choose anyone to be your attorney as long as they are over 18. This is different for LPA property and financial affairs. The attorney cannot have previously um, have been declared bankrupt. That's the difference for that one. It is essential to think carefully about who you may appoint. The role of the attorney involves a great deal of responsibility and power so it's important to choose a person you can trust. Think carefully about who you believe would be able to carry out the role and make decisions in your best interests, is reliable and has the skills to carry out the role. Most people would choose a relative or close friend, but you can ask a professional such as an accountant or a solicitor. It is worth considering that a professional may charge for their time and you need to name an individual rather than an organisation or company. The person who agrees to be the attorney must also sign the LPA form. When making decisions, your attorney must follow the Mental Capacity Act. This means that they must act in the best, uh, your best interests, must consider your past and present wishes, 
and cannot take advantage of you to benefit themselves. You can choose to have more than one attorney, whereby you must decide how your attorneys will act. They can make decision, decisions together and they can act together and separately, or a combination of the two. You can also appoint a replacement attorney. This is the person you would like to make decisions for you if your first choice attorney is no longer able or willing to be your attorney. If the attorney fails to comply, the LPA must be cancelled and if an attorney has taken advantage of, of you, this will be invested by the Office of the Public Guardian and the person could be prosecuted. Having an LPA in place can therefore offer you protection from potential future abuse. What happens when someone doesn't have a person who can be their attorney for health and welfare? If there is no one who is able to speak on your behalf, such as a family member or a friend, an independent mental capacity advocate, IMCA, must be provided to protect your rights. An IMCA cannot make decisions on your behalf. Instead, it is their role to represent your thoughts and feelings when important decisions are made. An IMCA will be notified from the NHS or local council, for example, doctors, social workers and care home staff. An IMCA must be involved when decisions relate to life-sustaining medical treatment or decisions about where a person will live and there is no one else, such as family or friends that can do this. An IMCA can, may be consulted about decisions involving a care review or adult protection procedures. What decisions does an LPA for health and welfare cover? An LPA for health and welfare allows the person, which is the donor, to choose a person, called the attorney, to make decisions relating to their care and treatment if they were ever unable to in the future. This can cover a whole range of things. To use a LPA for health and welfare, it must be registered and an attorney can only use their power if the person lacks capacity to make this specific decision. The MCA Code of Practice states that an attorney may make decisions about consenting to or refusing medical assessments or treatment on the donor's behalf, arrangements needed for the donor to be given medical, dental or optical treatment, assessments for and provision of community care services, where the donor should live and who they should live with, deciding the donor's day-to-day -day care including diet and dress, and deciding on the person's leisure activities that is, say, like what they do in their spare time. Accessing personal information such as medical records and care plans. A attorney must cons be consulted when a care plan is being devised for the donor and they should agree to it. When a care plan is drawn up for a person that lacks capacity to consent to their care plan, to an attorney for health and welfare must be consulted. Does an LPA for health and welfare cover decisions about life-sustaining treatment? An LPA for health and welfare only covers decisions about life-sustaining treatment if the person chooses this option when they created it. It is a specific question on the form. What are the benefits of making an LPA for health and welfare? It can be reassuring to know that if you are unable to make a decision for yourself in the future, the person you have chosen to be your attorney will be able to make them for you. Making an LPA can help you to talk with others about your future wishes. Making an LPA ensures that the person you want to make decisions for you will be able to do so. This prevents a stranger or someone you may not trust from having this power. It can be more expensive and take more time for family and friends to try and gain a similar power in the future. When a person lacks capacity, can someone make an LPA for health and welfare? If there comes a time when you can't make a particular decision and you haven't created an LPA, 
the Court of Protection may need to become involved. Although rare, it can be possible to become a deputy for health and welfare, and this can give someone similar powers to that of an attorney. This is because often, when there is an issue, it is usually about one decision. For example, a decision about where someone will live. The court will decide to make the one-off decision rather than giving someone the continuing power to manage the person's health and well-being. If someone were to apply to become a deputy, the applicant must clearly show why a continuing power is needed and why the person who lacks capacity needs a deputy for their health and welfare. A relative or friend can apply to be your deputy, or a professional may be appointed. The process of becoming a deputy is a lot more time consuming and expensive than an LPA. If someone is considering this they may wish to speak with the Court of Protection about whether they should apply or not. Usually decisions about care and treatment can be made without a legal power and this will be under the duties of the Mental Capacity Act. In particular that all decisions should be made in the person's best interests. If someone were to complete the form now, does that mean that they will no longer be able to make decisions for themselves? No, this is because the purpose of the form is so that if you were unable to make decisions in the future, your attorney can make these, these decisions for you. If you make a health and welfare LPA, your attorney cannot make decisions unless there comes a point where you cannot make these decisions yourself. This is different for the Property and Affairs LPA, as for these types of decisions, you can decide that you want your attorney to act while you still have capacity. You would both have the power to act and make decisions. What is the difference between an LPA for health and welfare and an advanced decision? If someone has an LPA for health and welfare and an, an advanced decision to refuse treatment, there are set rules for which one is valid. Someone may have both an advanced decision and an LPA for health and welfare, and so it is important that the right one is used and takes precedence. An advanced decision only covers the refusal of treatment related to end-of-life care, and so this issue of which is valid only comes up where the LPA for health and welfare includes the ability of the attorney to make decisions about life-sustaining treatment. In these cases, it will depend upon whether there is any guidance on the documents and or which was made last. What happens when someone is sectioned under the Mental Health Act and they have an LPA for health and welfare? If someone is detained in hospital under the Mental Health Act, the MHA, shortened to, the, the MHA takes precedence. This means that an attorney for health and welfare cannot consent or refuse treatment for a mental health disorder if the person is detained un under the Mental Health Act. How would someone set up an LPA for health and welfare? Do you need a solicitor? Many people find that they are able to complete the form without legal help. It is necessary though to ensure that the form is checked thoroughly as it is a legal document. A mistake in the form may mean that the LPA will need to be resubmitted again and will incur another administration fee. The fee currently for registering the lasting powers of attorney for health and welfare is £110, but there are exceptions for people on certain benefits or a low income. However, an LPA is a powerful legal document and so you may wish to get advice from a legal advisor with experience of preparing them. Again, costs are to be involved. It can be helpful to look at the forms first and read the guidance notes to decide whether you need legal advice. So where can you access the LPA forms? It is possible to access them um, online on the gov.uk website and this includes guidance and prompts as you complete the form. If you would prefer, you can download the paper copies from the gov.uk website or have them posted to you from the Office of the Public Guardian who can also send you free guidance booklets. 
On average, it takes up to 12 weeks to register an LPA with the Office of the Public Guardian. What happens once you've completed the form? Once you have completed the form, you will need to get someone to sign it to state that you have the mental capacity to make an LPA. This means you have the ability to make this, this decision. You understand what an LPA is and you made the, de the decision yourself. The signed form is a certificate of capacity and the person is called a the certificate provider. So they can be a professional such as your doctor, a social worker or a solicitor. Or they can be someone who has known you for two years but is independent, that isn't a family member or an attorney, and they will not benefit from the LPA. There is more information about this in the guidance notes. You also need to sign the form in front of a witness, and each attorney must sign the form to say that they agree to act as your attorney if needed in the future. They are also signed to show that they understand the duties this involves. In addition, you are given the option to list one or more people to notify. This is someone you want to be alerted if there is an application to register the LPA. This could be almost anyone, for example a friend or a relative. The purpose of this is to provide you with an additional safeguard. It is only an option, so you can choose not to name someone, but many people like the protection it can offer, and the reassurance of knowing that people will be kept informed of what is happening. How would someone know if there was an LPA in place? In some situations, someone may wish to check that someone is an attorney if they claim they are so. So it is possible to search the government registers to see whether someone has got an attorney acting for them. You will need to apply to search the public guardian register, complete a form and send this to the OPG. The information required to carry out the search would be the person making the application name and address and they would also need to provide the donor's details, that is again the person with dementia, their full name, date of birth and address. An alternative address can also be provided and this can be helpful if the person moved since they have made an LPA. What organisations are useful when making an LPA for health and welfare? Um, you could go to the Citizens Advice Bureau, um, they are often the best starting place for advice. Also through the Office of the Public Guardian, the Court of Protection, Solicitors for the Elderly, Age UK, or you could ring the National Dementia Helpline or contact us on the email or the um, live online advice service. In the February-March 2016 edition of Living with Dementia magazine, the magazine of Alzheimer's Society, the Your Answers section asks the question, what to do if a person with dementia walks out of the shops without paying for goods? In this section, Talking Point members share their advice about what to do if a person with dementia walks out of the shops without paying for goods. Aisha Rebecca said, one suggestion could be to let the shop staff have a contact number for yourself or someone close by, who could be a first port of call. If they make a note of what the person is taking, you can then go to the shop later and pay for the goods. If they are unaware, you'll have to take things back or pay for things later that you find at home, or have a week's tab set up so they can take it off when they walk out without paying. Basically, it's about awareness, making them aware of a person's condition, and I've found that people are often understanding. Uh, this is a good suggestion as it helps the person with dementia keep to a familiar routine. If they were to be stopped from going to the shops, it may lead to the loss of self-esteem, confidence and independence. Talking with the staff about the person's dementia will help them have a better understanding on how someone with dementia may behave. Giving the manager a photo and or a contact number can help with this continuity of understanding. The person with dementia could carry around a help card, which we have at the Alzheimer's Society, which has that you, the person could put down personal information and contact details of someone who can help them. 
They could also maybe carry around an identity bracelet as well. Uh, arranging a tab for the person with dementia can work well with a local shop that you have established a good relationship with. Some supermarkets may have a prepaid card or store card to use and that's worth investigating about. Absolutely, awareness is the key. Encouraging others can help a community become more dementia friendly. Fellow traveller said, when my husband, who has early onset Alzheimer's, was still able to do the family weekly shop at Morrison's by himself, he started to come home with things without paying for them. He'd load up a conveyor belt and chat away happily to the cashier, then take the goods back off and put them in his bags in the trolley before they'd gone through the till. My main worry was the stress that it would cause him if the security guards accused him of shoplifting, so we decided to try talking to Morrison's about it. I made an appointment with the manager, we went along together and met him. He was brilliant. He introduced my husband to his team of supervisors and explained that he had memory problems and may need a bit of help. It made us feel quite secure about my husband continuing to shop there. In fact, it was the last place he still went shopping independently. This sounds like a very supportive experience for the person with dementia and those close to them. It's important to help maintain a sense of normality for as long as possible. Jeannie73 said, I have found myself heading for the exit of a shop without paying. Thankfully, I was with my daughter who called me back. It's not as if I was hiding things, as they were in my disability buggy basket and festooned on the handlebars. Nonetheless, I would have been mortified if I'd actually left the shop without paying. These days, I rarely go out without my daughter to the shops. What can be so upsetting and distressing for the person with dementia is the fact that they are doing things very unusual to them. Having someone there to help support them can feel reassuring as well as keeping that independence. See the full discussions thread on this topic on Talking Point. Thank you for listening to the Alzheimer's Society podcast. 